Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. If you've got anything to be grateful for, can we just give God a little bit of praise in this moment? Come on, whatever you're facing, you're not doing it alone. You have the faithfulness of God. He knows your future. He knows the plan that he has for you. It is an altogether good one. And no matter how far you feel like you are from, from the solution that you've been believing for, it's closer than you've ever imagined because God is your ever-present help in time of need. Are we grateful for the grace of God? His mercy met you brand new this morning. Hey, North and online, let's welcome the plaza as we're linking together again as one big family united around God's vision for this house. It's great to have you in church, those online, those in the plaza. First time we've linked up live in about 11 months. So here we are again together, growing back into everything that God has for us. Amen? Amen. You can grab your seats. It's a special Sunday for us. Last week was our Global Vision Sunday. How many tuned in online or came into the room? It's great to hear from our global lead pastor, Brian Houston. What a great word. And yet here we have our vision right here for Kansas City. What does God want to do right here in the heartland of America? What does God want to do in the Midwest? What does God want to do in our lives? And let me just tell you a little bit about how vision works. Vision is a perspective and a picture of a God-ordained future. In other words, what does God want to do? God doesn't just do things mysteriously all the time. He's actually a revealer by nature. He loves to show you where he wants to take you. As a church, he loves to give us the next steps of where he's wanting to lead us into the beautiful destiny that he's prepared before us. I think it was two years ago on this weekend uh, where we laid out the plans that right here in the north location with the extra space we have that we were going to build out a house of hope. Not just do outreach from time to time, not just on specific weekends, but to have a place to have a sustained serve where we're always taking care of the people in our neighborhood and in our very own church family. And it was last year on Friday where we opened up the House of Hope. Two million meals later, thousands of people reached, dozens and dozens of salvations through Family Fridays. And our church influence and reach has grown by serving the needs of people. It started with vision. People grabbed a hold of the vision. It took time, investment, resource, prayer, faith. But it started with a picture of what could be. And then we just decided as the people of God, as people that take ownership of the vision, catch the vision here at Hillsong, Kansas City, we were going to play our part. Little did we know that when we opened it just three weeks later, the whole world would go into lockdown. And yet we had an opportunity, although we did not gather in the room, we gathered our resources to meet people's needs in our city. And through that, how many know God is always prepared? If you lean in, if you listen, if you ask for him to speak, he'll give you a vision. He'll give you a direction. He'll give you the next step. And my prayer for us as a church Not only would you catch the vision for us in 2021 as a congregation, as a church community, as a spiritual family, but you would find your place in the vision. Not that you're under it, but you're in it. Because every single one of us, this is how God works. As your life, as your marriage, as your family, as your faith moves forward, collectively we all move forward. 
This isn't just a macro vision for our church. It's not just for the plaza or just for the north. No, this is a God vision for your life. He wants to speak to you directly of where he wants to take you. And he is not confused when it comes to your life. He is not late. He is always on time. And now is the time that he wants to reveal his heart for you. Do you believe that? You know, when I have to sum up how I feel right now in 2021, uh, after going through 2020, um, and in many ways, it was such a year of blessing in my life. We had our beautiful baby daughter who's almost one years old, born the first day at stay at home. I had lots of time uh, with my family. Uh, we had all had lots of time in our homes. Uh, we had to navigate seasons of change and disorder. But I really believe that through it all, God has galvanized and strengthened us as a church. But if I have to think about how I'm summing up my feelings about where I feel right now in 2021, I guess you have two words. Um, very simple, uh, simply is this, still here. How many of the power of still being here? How many of the power of being faithful, even in the midst of frustration, even in the midst of fear, to still being here? I would say this as our church, in conversations with local pastors, pastors around the nation, around the world, uh, not only are we still here, but we're still strong. What God has done through us, not just been my leadership, no, it's been all of us leaning in, catching a hold of the vision, doing what we can do, even with the limitations around us and the parameters around us, we're still strong. And although we are still here, I want to declare to you, Hillsong, Kansas City, in your own life, we're still here, but we can't stay here. How I many of there is so much more God wants to do? And if you feel like you've come out of a season of retreat, I believe it's only a setup for a season of revival. And although we are strong, I believe it's time for us to get stronger still. And strength is found in this thing called faith. I believe God's going to speak to your faith today. I believe God's going to expand the vision of the horizons that he has in store for you. There is something great, not just for our church. I know God is taking us to great places. I believe it's glory to glory and strength to strength. But I want to declare over your life, God is taking you somewhere greater. And if you're still here, guess what? We ain't staying here. We're moving forward with the mission and a mandate from heaven that we will be everything we are called to be in Jesus' name. Amen? Let me pray for us and we'll jump into the word of God today. Lord, I thank you for those on the plaza. I thank you for those online. I thank you for those here at the north that you're doing a new thing in every single one of our hearts. And what the enemy has meant for destruction to meant to paralyze in fear. No, God, it is a divine setup. It is about to be a, an outbreak and an outpouring of your greater grace for every heart and for every life. Lord, I speak confidence into the heart of everyone who's discouraged. I speak faith into the heart of everyone who's been in fear. I speak a comeback into every life that feel like they have regressed. And as we lean into your timeless word, let your living, breathing, Holy Spirit revive our hearts align us together in beautiful unity so we can receive the command blessing of heaven over every life, over every marriage, over every child in this church, no matter where they are at in proximity or location to this room. 
God, I thank you. We're making room for the more you want to do and the more you created us for. In Jesus' name, can I get an amen? Come on, give me an amen on the chat. Give me an amen on the plaza. North, that was a weak amen. Give me a real amen as you actually believe that Jesus is alive and coming back. Still here, but we can't stay here. Pastor Brian did such a beautiful job last weekend declaring global vision for us as a church, Hillsong Church. And he had three words for us. He had rescue, restore, and rebuild. I love that. What our world needs is the rescue mission of Jesus. What our world needs is restoration. Well, how does restoration happen? It happens through the church. God has picked us as believers for this time and place, for our region, for our world, for our neighborhoods, to bring restoration. And it is a time for us as a church. We're, we're rebuilding. And we're not just rebuilding back to where we were. No, we're going to rebuild to be everything God has designed and called us to be. When I think about the great rescue stories in the word of God, and there's several of them, but the one I think we know the most, or know so well, in fact, if you're in the Bible reading plan, which by the way, if you've been reading the Bible, you're already like 51, 52 days in. Come on, how many know you're doing better than you thought you were? Keep leaning in. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we were actually reading this actual story from the book of Exodus. Now we've graduated um, to Leviticus in the Old Testament. And I am not bringing a message on Leviticus today. Maybe soon that will happen. But the Exodus story, it's a beautiful story of rescue. The people were 400 years of slavery and oppression. And God sent a man with a God vision And then God used plagues to to kind of break the power and the will of the most powerful nation in the world in Egypt to set the Hebrew people, God's people, free. And I just love the fact that God used something that others thought destructive. No, he actually used it for freedom, for rescue, for restoration, and for rebuilding. I don't believe in that with the spirit of Romans 8, 28. For everything you thought was taken from you in 2020 and into this day, even right now, everything that's been stolen from you, in fact, in your entire life, that just maybe God knows what he's doing and he can turn all things together for good as we continue to love him and live according and called according to his purposes, that there's a comeback season for every single one of us. But the Hebrew people, they did not go just from slavery immediately into the promised place, the promised land. Before they even entered the wilderness, they found themselves once again pinned in in a place and finding themselves in a place of unbelievable resistance with an incredible opportunity to be fearful. They wondered, why did God bring me this far for us to stop and even to die halfway are not even in the place of his promise. I wonder how many people here today feel that way about your life. The God, you've only brought me here to leave me here. I know I've been there. I know you'd like to think that I'm always just a man filled with faith and fire. And although my hair is always on fire, there are some times where I'm questioning, God, is, is this the end? Is this it? Uh, I, I thought I had a promise that doesn't look like the perspective that I now have. And, and, and this is where we find them. We find that Pharaoh once again changed his mind and sent the most powerful army on the earth after God's people. And they were not ready for war. They were actually just learning to live out of slavery. And as the enemy bared down on them, they were trapped 
between the world's greatest army and a Red Sea that they couldn't make it through. On one side, they got water and drowning. On the other one, they have warriors and death. And this is where we find them in need of God rescuing, God rebuilding, and God restoring. Exodus 14, verse 10, the script says, scripture says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up at Pharaoh, at the problem, and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? How many know when people got problems, they're always complaining to their pastor. <laughs> Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why, have, why did you make us leave Egypt? Did, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? Uh, we said, hey, leave us alone. We don't want all that God has. We'd rather stay in the confines of oppression than to press into painful moments like this so we can experience God's liberation. Now, it's better to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. How much they're in, they're in a moment of chaos, in a moment of confusion, and in a moment of blame. It's what we've seen in the world. There's been chaos, there's been confusion, and, and there's been blame. But Moses reminded them that the same God that brought power and signs and wonders in Egypt for their deliverance was not done yet. And let that be a word that saturates your heart, no matter how weary you might feel right now, that if God has done his work up to this point, he's still working. That no matter what you see, what the oppression might look like, no matter what the problems might look like that the pandemic has created for you, for your family, for your finances or your business, God has brought you this far not to leave you and quit looking up at your problems, the army bearing down on you and quit looking to the Red Sea that isn't open yet and look a little higher to your God who is always faithful to finish what he starts in your life. Because Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just, what does he say? Stand still. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians, or we could say the problems you see today, will never, you, will, you will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. And again, he reminds him, hey, just stay calm. How many of you would like the current problem or predicament that you're in to be something that you never see again? I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to fight the same battles today that I'm fighting today. I don't want to have to fight them in my future. And yes, there's some, some times and some seasons of perseverance. There's some times and seasons where God is doing a work in us before he delivers us through what we might be facing but there's also an opportunity that if we would learn from this text that God finishes what he starts. And then maybe just once and for all, God brought you to the end of your own ability or strength so that he could secure a victory you could never win for yourself. And some of the things you've been facing, whether it's anxiety or insecurity, marriage problems, financial problems, just maybe he'll defeat it once and for all, because the Lord is great at rescuing, rebuilding, and restoring. And I want to speak for a few minutes as our local vision with the same spirit of alliteration that Pastor Brian used last week. We're just going to move up one letter in the alphabet. I want to speak for a few moments on stand, stretch, and step. 
How many know that's why you go to Bible college right now? So that you can work your alliteration. Stand, stretch, and step. The heroes in the Bible, the, the saints of the Bible, their stories, their trials are there to teach us some things. It, it teaches us that what God did for them, he'll do for us. He's not a respecter of persons. In other words, it reveals the nature of God's deliverance, rescue, rebuild, and restore. It shows us that how God works, that he doesn't miraculously wipe out every problem before it happens. He allows us sometimes to find him in the midst of problems and pain. And he reveals his nature to us through his faithfulness and through his power. It also teaches us what they did in their moments of despair. In other words, what did they do so that God could do what he wanted to do for them? And we learn from that, that we face problems we face difficulties so that God can be revealed and that we have something to do. How many know that's why it says in the book of James that we have to have an active faith? That a faith that is all talk and never applied, it's never seen, it's a lethargic faith, it's a dead faith. And this is why we have to grab a hold. And this is why you need a vision bigger than just making it to Friday. You need a, a vision bigger than just making it to retirement. You need a, big, a vision bigger than just graduating your kids out of the house. You have to understand that we've got a commission that mandates and drives us to the more that God created us for, that we're here to reach the whole world. That it's through the church that salvation is seen to those that are around us. It's through your life, your leadership, your influence, your sacrifice, your serve, your generosity, that your neighbors are going to be reached that your family members are going to come to faith, that your kids are going to grow up to be the world changers that they've been called to be. God has positioned. This is why you need a greater vision. Vision gives direction to your life. God vision gives God direction to your life. And vision is more valuable than speed. Speed can get you somewhere quickly, but is that where you're called to go? Some of you have got your life all mapped out and you're trying to get there as fast as possible. But if God has not breathed upon that vision, if God has not inspired that or ignited that ember of his heartbeat for you, I'm praying and believing you get a new God vision for your life. Because why would you want to get somewhere you were never called to go? Why would you want to stay in Egypt when there's a promised land for your life? George Washington Carver said, where there is no vision, there is no hope. In other words, if you can't see your future, your God future, you, you, you want to give up. The Bible also says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Some of you got some heart sickness because you've been believing and continuing for something that hasn't happened yet. But if you can learn the power of standing, then I'm going to stay here until I see God move here. Proverbs 29 says where there is no vision. The people cast off restraint. One translation says the people just go wild. How many know we live in a wild world right now? We are seeing everyone at each other's throats. Addictions are rising. Marriages are crumbling. Dreams are breaking. Why? Because people don't have a God vision. People are living in the wilderness. It's a wild world that we live in. But God has a church in the middle of this wild world. God has a vision and a mission for our church. That we're the people that don't live for themselves. But we're the people that live for everything that heaven wants to do. We are not here to persevere to the end. 
No, we're here to pursue more of God in his presence, and we're here to pursue the lost, and we're here to, to bring heaven to earth. So the end goal of our lives, whether it's the last breath that we exhale on the earth before we graduate to eternity, or Jesus returns from heaven to make all things new again, we've got something greater to live for. This is why we need God vision. Moses said, don't be afraid, just stand. Just stand. I'm grateful for a church on the plaza in the north, those that have been tuning in online consistently every week, that you've stayed the course. Where you wonder where God was in your predicament or situation, you've not given up leaning in to worship, leaning into community, leaning into the word of God. You've stood your ground. You've stood firm. You've stayed grounded. The Bible would say the beauty of staying planted, that those that are planted in God's house are going to flourish in his courts. Psalms 1 would say that if you plant yourself by God's way of doing things, that you'd be fruitful in every season. Even in season when the world's in chaos, that you can have a fruit and a fruit that remains. And I want to encourage you that we're going to be the kind of church that doesn't just gather and have a nice little community of faith, but brings heaven to earth. We're the kind of church that Jesus declares he would build, that even the gates of hell would not prevail against. We, we need to learn to stand and we need to learn to stand together. Psalms 46 says there's the power in being still. But you don't know where to go. Instead of running away, just to be still. He says if you can learn to be still, then you can know that I am God. As if there is something you can only know about your God that is found in the stillness of a settled heart. How settled is your heart? Maybe your heart isn't fulfilled with all the things that you've had faith for but you're learning to fix your attention, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Your faithful God. In that moment of stillness, God can reveal his character to you in a way. And it would be a priceless reward, much greater than immediate satisfaction of deliverance from the dilemma. That's better preaching than they're letting on on North. I know online is enjoying that. You know, we're about 50 days removed from uh, the first of the year. Some of you learned the lesson that you could have learned last year and the year before and the year before that, that resolutions are easy, but resiliency has a cost. Resolutions are easy, but change, change costs you something. Change is hard, but you'll never change if you're always running away from dilemmas and problems. You've got to learn to stand in that place. You have to learn to stand for what God's called you to. If you never stand for what God's called you to, you'll never walk into what God's made you for. Resolutions are easy, but resiliency has a cost. Resolutions are a good dream. Resiliency is what you need to get through the daily grind. It's how you actually achieve the God things. It's about staying the course. Resolutions are an ideal caricature of how you want to look. Resiliency is the character development needed to keep going, or in this case, stay standing, stay planted when it ain't fun no more. How many of this world hasn't been very fun for a while, but this is what builds our faith. The Bible says when God is building you even through trials and perseverance and testing, it's something so much valuable, more valuable than even a gold reward. It's a God reward. So let me encourage you, Hillsong, Kansas City. You've been staying the course. And yet God says in the midst of you don't know how you're going to make it through. I need you to stand in this place. Stay grounded in this place. Let's stay planted in this place together. 
If a resolution was all you needed, you'd have that cover model fitness body in just a one-time decision. If resolutions were all you needed, you would lead your company in sales just by writing it in your journal. If resolutions is all you need, you'd be looking just like Jesus after reading the Gospels once. How many know it takes time? It takes testing. It takes character. And character, when it's developed, will always lead you to God calling. There's been so much adversity in the world. I know many people are experiencing PTSD at new levels. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, When you don't know how you're going to make it through. When you've had chaos in a season or a situation or a relationship in your life, it's easy to live in this place of being shell-shocked. But let me tell you, every bit of adversity is a God opportunity not to defeat you, but to reward you. That if you would learn to turn your perspective and quit looking at the Egyptians bearing down on you or the thing that you can't get through yet or haven't seen a way through yet, and if you would do what, what, what Moses declared, would, you would hold on and you would look up to a higher perspective. What was meant to bring you a stress disorder will actually be a pre-transformational success decision. I've already decided that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stick it out. That if God saved me at the cross, he would not leave me in this place. And my family's not saved yet, I'm not running away. If my kids aren't acting right yet, if they're far from God, I'm staying the course. I'm going to keep believing, keep declaring, keep confessing, keep loving, keep praying until I see a God result. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stay in this place. So we stand. We stand together. We stand for those around us. We stand for those, the generations that are coming after us. And we don't stand alone. We build each other up. In the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 19 talks about, hey, people that bring disunity and discord, uh, by the way, they're a dime a dozen and they don't ever add up to much. But Jude, chapter 1, verse 20 says, but you, dear friends, are you church family? We must build each other up in what? Our most holy faith. Just sometimes standing and securing in your spot is an act of faith. And then we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. We gotta learn to stand in faith. We gotta learn to build that faith because faith is what holds you in the place when you wanna get the heck out of the situation. Faith is what keeps you leaning in and leveraging your life, your serve, your gift, your prayer, your praise when it isn't fun anymore. The Bible says that faith is like a shield. We have this shield of faith. I think about the Greek warriors that would line up shield by shield. If everyone stood their ground together, they became this impenetrable defense. Not only that, but they would walk forward. They would walk forward slowly and they would secure victory that no person could get alone. This is why we don't stand by ourselves. We stand together in the community of faith. This is why connect groups are so powerful for your life. Because I honestly believe with all my heart and the Bible would back this up that you cannot fulfill your God-given destiny all by yourself. You can live as an example. You can be a leader, but God has surrounded us as the body of Christ that we are so much better together that we've got to learn to stick this thing out together. And back to the story, the Egyptians are on the horizon and their future is before them. Between their past and their future is a present problem. It's an unmovable sea that they can't cross. So they begin to fight and complain. They begin to blame. 
And they wish they were still back where they used to be. And sometimes the key that opens the door of what's next is a right now decision to stand. I think as a church, hey, we're still here and we still got to stand. There's more for us to stand for and there's more for us to secure in our future. Let me give you some vision of what we're standing for in 2021 as a community of faith and as a church. We're standing for families. We are building the family unit in our city like never before. Families are falling apart. Marriages are falling apart. So the pandemic and the financial pressure and just being at home all the time, all sorts of drama and junk has come to the surface of people's lives in our church, in our city, around the world. And yet God knows that that's key to a strong church is strong families. We have a marriage retreat coming in April. We will be investing in our marriages and in our families like never before, because if we build strong families, we build a strong future. If we can stand together when we not just standing on the aisle in the aisle, making a decision at the altar, a one time decision, but we're daily making decisions to bring the best out of our spouse and to look over some of the situations that have caused conflict, that God heals some things that have been going on because we're building a generational church. For years, we were just seen as the young church. The young, dumb, and broke church. God has begun to establish more strength through generations, but there's so much more for us still. And I know that as we begin to build families and build marriages, God will build a beautiful future, not just in our church, but in our city. It's through the families. Because God said, hey, it's not good for us to be alone. Even in the perfection of the garden, he created this beautiful thing called marriage. And we're going to strengthen the marriages of Hillsong, Kansas City. Why? We're standing for the future. We want something bigger than just the here and now. I think about Moses' story. Here he is. He's the rescuer. And yet his very life was threatened from the very beginning. The enemy wanted to wipe out a generation because that generation was going to bring world change. The generation was going to bring freedom. There was an emphasis at the very beginning. And, and, and yet Moses' mom sent him out on the Nile River in a basket. How many know that would get all the Instagram moms mad about that? You know, you'd get in trouble with that one real quick. But we're going to stand for generations. Because through our church, I believe this, the next generation of great world changers, kingdom builders, Jesus-centered leaders are rising up. It's about kids and family. And every one of our kids is going through it. Hillsong kids are junior leadership program we created it says they're never too long, young to change the world. We believe that we're not babysitting on the weekend. We're building the future and the future is bright because our kids are what God is calling out from just coming to church. They were going to grow up to being the church. They're going to start, they're starting leading their own worship, giving words of encouragement. They're leading in prayer. And although they might not ever go into full-time ministry, wherever they go, they're going to be so full of faith. They're going to change the world around them. It's through the generations that God says, one generation will declare to the next the wonders of our God, and we're going to give them something to declare. We're going to build and stand for generations. We're opening up our facilities and changing our classrooms so that we can meet the needs of special needs children. So families that have never been able to come and worship can find their fit. And we're going to love those kids right where they're at. We believe God has something so special for them. Our teenagers and our youth, they're not just looking for a place 
to belong. They're actually not looking for entertainment at church. They've got that on the old TikTok. <laughs> what they need, though, is not just a place to belong. They need a place to become. That who's going to speak life into them? That they are not problematic. And, and they're not, we're not rolling our eyes at their ideas, dreams, and desires. No, we're leaning in and leveraging the gifts that we do have to build something that will be lasting. Think about the reach of our church if we start thinking generationally. I'm going to challenge everyone here, whether you have kids or not, this is an opportunity for all of us to lean in. If we love Jesus and his kingdom, we start thinking strategically about strengthening the young people in our church from nursery to high school and beyond so that the kingdom of God can be strengthened in the future. There's a lot of one-generation churches in Kansas City. They have their heyday. They grow to a certain size and they stall out. We're starting ahead of time to not become another one of those. We're going to be one of those that God sees grandparents and grandkids in the same house of God. We launch our youth group. Although our church has always been kind of a youth group, we're launching our youth group on March 17th, Young and Free. From this moment on, we've just been doing groups with kids, and that's been effective, but we want to give a place for them to lead. Give them a place to serve. Give them a place to leverage their influence to bring friends so their friends can find the faithful love of Jesus Christ. We're standing together in groups. I'm believing for this, that groups would no longer become islands under themselves where people just find their friends, but it would become iron sharpening iron opportunities where people would step into destiny. They would be catalytic for bringing out calling in the world that's around us. You don't just need friends. You need friends of your future. And you're going to find them in God's house. We're going to find them together. Psalms 121 verse 3, it says, He, God, will not let your foot be moved. In other words, if you will stand, he'll secure you. If you will make the decision to stay planted, he'll strengthen you. He who keeps you ain't sleeping. He will not slumber. He's just looking for feet to strengthen in their place of standing. Back to our story in verse 15. Moses, Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Ooh, God, that's harsh burn. He says, tell the people now, hey, get moving. A moment, hey, you got to stand face to face with your fear where you want to run away or you feel like a failure. No, no, there's a time for standing and there's a time to get moving. There's a time to secure and to strengthen and to galvanize and there's a time to giddy up. It's time to move. It says, pick up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea. And when you do that, you're going to divide the waters so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. In other words, if you'll obey and use what I've given you, I will give you access to what you've always desired. Your freedom and your future is found what's in already in your hands. This is why we don't just stand. This is why we also choose to stretch. If your faith is all about just holding your position, but it's never calling you or leveraging you into the more that God created you for, you're missing the beauty of stretch. God loves it when we live in the stretch. I love that God says, use your staff. He got that staff in the desert when he was a shepherd because he had failed his previous time to try to be the deliverer. He tried to do things in his own power, in his own ability. It wasn't graced by God. It wasn't the timing of God. He did it out of anger, and it kept him in a 40 years in the desert. 
There he learned how to shepherd. And there in humility, God brought fresh fire to him and spoke to him again and says, hey, I've not given up on my plan and I still choose you. I don't know what sort of failure you've had in your life. I don't know what you've tried to take in your own hands and it hasn't worked. But I'm here to tell you, the same Holy Spirit that spoke to the burning bush is speaking to you, church, and saying, I still want you. I still chosen you. I still got a plan for you. I still have a mission for you. And now that I've got you here in the place of humility, I've already given you everything you need to succeed. But you got to learn to stretch. So that staff that could represent a season of failure, the staff that could represent what God did in Egypt, what you have in your hand is what you actually need if you stretch it out to fulfill what God has put in your heart. It speaks to your potential. I think about what we've already been faithful to use with what God's given us. I think about the house of hope. God's been so good with two million meals. and Thousands of lives have been impacted. People have grown and become a part of our church family. I remember praying for people online. In fact, we have a, a family Friday, uh, next Friday. If you haven't ever served at one, you've got to serve at one. It's really one of the best parts. Take, take a half day at work. Or, uh, tell, tell your boss, your pastor wrote you a note. I don't know. Just get there so you can experience what it means. Just be a middle person between the, the generosity of our church and the people in desperate need of help. And I remember I always, I walk the line when I'm there and I pray with people. And again and again, we kept seeing people that like, you know, English was second language. They were, they were Hispanic and uh, I would do my best. I, I felt like I knew enough Spanish to, to love them, encourage them, invite them to church. I'd be like, you know, por favor, uh, ven a la iglesia, iglesia. My, my, my dear pastor, Fernandez Spiker, when I try to speak Spanish to him, says I sound like a caveman. <laughs> But God's given us an opportunity. We've been faithful up to this point. We've stood our ground. But what does the stretch look like? What's the stretch look like? Well, if we want to see God do things that have never been done, we've got to be willing to stretch in places where we've never gone. And so starting March 7th, will be our first week of Spanish translation and services. Because my Espanol ain't good enough. And we're going to start reaching potentially an overlooked group in North Kansas City and the plaza and beyond. We've been faithful uh, over, a little over a year ago. Uh, we went to Lansing Correctional Facility just to do a one-off service for them. We got invited in. And we saw 100, 150 people come out. I think we saw like somewhere like 18 salvations in that moment. It's actually one of the most powerful church services we ever had in, in, in the history of our church. And recently they've invited us to, to send our, our services, they play back for them. But because of COVID, they're not gathering together. It's just showing up on their TV and their closed circuit television. So how are we doing, Lansing Correctional Facility? And we give some love to our location. We believe God has something so good in store for you. And the future is still bright. And the world might have given up on you, but God has never given up on you. And as we come out of more of the COVID season, we'll have a full-blown service. We need to purchase projector and screens and sound system and equipment. And we'll be there to help serve. But what we're really going to do is we're going to build them into a church that serves each other. And God will bring radical life change of those that have been overlooked in Jesus' name. What does this stretch look like for you? You know, we're in uh, the season of Lent. 
It's not always been our practice to participate in Lent. It's kind of considered a high church thing, but actually existed long before there was a difference between Catholic and Protestant. It's been on for generations. And I love the idea, though, is that we take a focused season. In fact, I heard a lady complaining about Lent uh, yesterday or two days ago. And she's saying, well, mom always just took away our TV during Lent. And what I want more than you trying to get rid of something is for you to grab a hold of the presence of the living God. That you would hunger and thirst for more of him. Between now and Easter, I think about 42, 43 days, why don't we set it up as a specific season that we're leaning into, God, what does this stretch look like? We've got a study that we're taking you through as a church. It's all focused on knowing Jesus more. And the more you know him, the more you will make him known. This is the stretch that we live for. It's for our Savior. It's for salvation. It's for revival. That in this season leading up to Easter, I want you to stretch and pray for people you've given up praying on. I want you to stretch an invitation to those that have been disconnected from church. Even if you just send them the link to online, just connect them with what God is doing and what God is wanting to say. Don't live in the fear of man, but live in the stretch of significance. I want you to stretch in your generosity. About 15% of our church are regular givers. And look what God does with just that. How much more that if we all stretch to use what's in our hand before God, could he open up avenues and opportunities for people to walk into the promised land of relationship and the promised land of forgiveness and to the promised land of their destiny if every one of us embraced the stretch and serving and leading, there's a stretch. We're going to stand strong. We're going to stretch out. And then guess what? Then we can step. We can step into places we have never been before. We can step into the new. If we stand now and if we stretch now, we get to step. So the Israelites can walk through the middle. Moses did what God said and God did what only he could do so that others could walk through. You're going to walk through what's been holding you back. Here's a vision for your life. God wants to restore God wants to rescue. God wants to rebuild. God's looking for those that can stay planted, that can learn to stretch with what they got. God's not asking you for anything more than what you already have. And God is looking for you to step into new places that you've given up on some God dreams. God has not given up. Just like Moses did things in his own ability and found himself in a season of frustration. Maybe that's where God's presence finds you right now. But I believe in the name of Jesus, just like that fiery bush spoke new life and fresh vision, that God's going to get a fire on the inside of you for the more that you were created for. And he's going to take you into a journey that you can go places you've never been before. For us as a church, we're banking on the fact that we're making plans. Proverbs 16, verse 9. The heart of a man plans his way, but God establishes our steps. The next generation of leadership, Joshua chapter one. God said, everywhere you put your feet, I'll give you that place if you'll have the audacity to take a step in places you've never been. I believe it's not just a time for us to build back church to where we were. I believe it's time for God to build us as leaders, as servant leaders, as participants in this thing to take us to places we've never gone before. We have been looking and touring buildings in South Kansas City this year. God has given us opportunity. Honestly, right now is a great time to buy a church, a building the size that we need for church. God has opened doors of relational influence with people that aren't even a part of our church to give us opportunities to purchase facilities. I've toured several of them. I found three that I really like. 
But if we don't stand and we don't stick together and if we don't stretch, we can never step into the new. It's in my heart that we buy that building before summer is over so that why? Why? We need to be bigger as a church. We need another location. Hey, more locations normally mean more problem, but here's what they really mean. They mean more souls. They mean more changed families. They mean more people recovering from addiction. They mean more freedom from those who have been captive. They, they mean more children raising up to fulfill the purpose. And if we're going to say until Jesus runs this town, then we need to be everywhere in the town. And if we want to see revival, then we have to find our place in this space of vision. What does God have for you? There's barriers in this city. Let me get real spiritual for a moment. Is that cool? We're in church. I'm a pastor. There are barriers in this city that churches never seem to break through. Gosh, we're not the only one. So many great churches in our city. But I do believe this. For Hillsong, Kansas City, God wants to take us to places we've never been. God wants to take us to the promised land. But it requires a decision today. Stand, stretch, then we will step into the new. You gotta own the vision. 10 years ago, Liz and I stepped into the absolute unknown. Didn't know anyone in Kansas City, didn't have a relationship in town. And we were just faithful. We lived in the stretch. In fact, here we are 10 years later, we're still living in the stretch. We've used to learn to use what we have and God's done what only he can do. Now we've built a beautiful church family. God's built it by his grace. And here we are. And yet where will we be next if everyone makes the decision that we're, we're staying planted, we're staying the course, that we're stretching with what we do have, and we're stepping into places we could never have gone in our own. There is something for you to grab a hold of this vision. There's an action step from God. I will not tell you what it is. I will just lead you to the opportunity to say, God, would you speak to me? What is my part to play in your strategic plan to bring heaven to earth through your local church? God wants to lead you to it because there is more lives to change in Jesus' name. I want to invite the plaza and north everyone to stand to their feet. I want to invite my lovely wife, my better half, to join me. We want to pray just for a moment that God would seal this vision in our hearts and do something significant for every single one of us. I'll pray and you can come in and pray at the end. How about that? You excited for the vision? Oh, I'm so excited. Are you excited, church? Best days are ahead. I just want to say to a few people that maybe you have, your faith has been struggling. I just want to say make this prayer in this moment a decision i might keep speaking it until you see it because god is not done working amen heavenly father we're here we're grateful to be a part of what you're doing on the earth through your local church and yet god we know you want to leverage where we're at for where we're not yet and lord you do not push us but you lead us so i'm asking you holy spirit to investigate every heart where are you leading them where what are you asking of them where can they leverage their right now for what's next lord jesus i thank you that every heartbeat in this city matters to you every broken heart in this city you want to heal every lonely person you want to put into family everyone disconnected from you you want to bring a reconnection lord i thank you for the spirit of revival it would not be something we declare from the platform but it's something that we live out in the streets. I thank you for this church that serves, 
that you would give us opportunities for houses of hope all over the metro. Lord, I thank you that you're strengthening us in new places. And that which the enemy meant to destroy us, God, you're turning around for good. That you're greater than a pandemic. You're greater than any injustice. You're greater than any political regime. God, we thank you. You've got great things in store for every heart. So here we are, like the prophet declared, I might not have much, but you can have my all. I might not know much, but God, I know you. I might not feel like I come from very much, but I got a family in heaven that's cheering me on to the great things you have in store. And Lord, whatever I got, you can have it. Here I am. You can send me. So Father, right now we thank you and we make a decision as a community of faith. And we're not going to hear the word. We're going to step in to living it out. We choose today as a family, as a community of faith to stand, to stretch, and to step so we can experience your rescue, your restoration, you rebuilding this city like never before. Father, we declare right now everybody watching online, everyone at the plaza right here at the north location. Father, I declare that you are Come on, church. 